Welcome to the Forgiven Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Pastor Logan, and I am really excited because I get to have on a very special guest. I mean, all of them are special, but this one, uh, her and I go way back. We've been friends for years, and um, this podcast has been a long time in the making. And, and so I'm really, really excited to sit down with my good friend, Pastor Victoria Hildebrand. Um, she and I are youth pastors together, and um, we just I'm really excited to hear her heart about how we can reach the next generations um, better. Um, and so, Victoria, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, uh, first of all, like Logan and I, we call ourselves kind of like the partners in ministry because like our history together, we we do go way back, which is really fun. We started out as like young youth leaders, always ending up leading the same small group together, which was always fun. Um, and then we ended up doing camp ministry together, and then we were RAs together. We looked after dorm at Horizon, which was crazy. We have tons of stories about that. And then we were on student council together too. So there's just like all these things. And then we were apart for a few years, living in different places. And then we came back just this past summer to do camp ministry again. So that was a really fun reunion and here we are doing I'm invited on your podcast (laughs) the honors hours so um so yeah yeah I I've been in ministry now this is going into my fourth year already and you and I both kind of started in COVID so it's definitely in ways felt fast and long it feels like I can't believe that it's only been a full three years it feels double than that because yeah with COVID everything happens and it feels like nothing happens at the same time um I don't know if you can relate um but yeah so I look after youth ministry at Christian Life Center in Morden, Manitoba and my full title is actually the youth and young adults pastor at CLC so yeah I look after youth ministry which happens on just one night and then young adults happens every other that's awesome so when i was like practicing the intro i knew it was clc but i couldn't remember what it stood for and so i was like i'm just not gonna say it in case i get it wrong um because it's a great name it's a great name um and so yeah victoria and i have done a lot of ministry together which is like it, it, it truly is really cool that I like look back on that and I'm like, wow, I actually can't believe like the amount of like things that like we have seen God do. Like it, it almost is like kind of incredible. And I just remember like when we like we both were like doing COVID ministry, we used to like I mean, we probably talked like once a month during that. Yeah. And those conversations were like an totally hour true. at least we'd be sitting there like what are you doing? How are you doing this? Like, how do you do that? And I was like, that was really nice because I was like, I mean, you and I were both like right fresh into like ministry and stuff. And so it was like, you know, even for seasoned pastors, that was a big, you know, transition, but then just throw, like we literally graduated Bible college, like in COVID, like the right in the brunt of it basically. And now that was, that was something. And then, um, (laughs) And so then to like start ministry like that was like really challenging. And so I'm wondering like, how has been, how has it been, sorry, being like, 
younger in ministry because you and I like have only been doing it four or five years. And so it's like, as much as we've you know doing it four or five years, we're still like the newbies. Right. And so I'm like kind of wondering how you view that a little bit. Like what's that experience been like? Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I constantly look back on like just being so thankful for Bible school and my internship experience too, to have like a taste of actually being in it before launching into a full-time position. So that has been incredibly helpful. Like there was, I remember my first year and like what I was doing and I was like, I would have literally no idea what I'd be doing right now if I didn't have like the internship that I had or the conversations I was able to have with our per- our professors and teachers at Horizon, I don't know. Like, I often don't really compare my age as, like, a negative thing. Like, there's a gap, but there's a gap for a reason. Like, I'm a young person relating to young people, so it makes sense in my position, right, being a youth pastor. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe you don't feel this anymore, but do you still feel like you're the new person in terms of like, like at your job, you know, it's like, do you still like, you know, like kind of get, it's a little bit of a secular thing, I guess, but like, you know, when you first start your job and like, you're the new person, so you're the one getting the coffee and doing all that <laughs> kind of like boring kind of stuff that nobody really wants to do. Um, do you ever have anything like that? Because like, as much as like, I love, I love my church. I love my job. I've never been happier. I'm still the new guy. Yeah. And even though I've been here like over a year, I'm like, we just haven't hired anybody. And so it's just like, I just still like think of myself as like the new person, even though the first week I got here, nobody thought that at all. But like, I don't know. It's just one of those things that I'm always kind of like thinking about in terms of like ministry is like, it, it just still blows my mind. The fact that like we're 22, 23 graduating college and then churches are like, yeah, here you go. Here's like, take on it still like blows my mind that like people, I can't say this about you, but me, that people trust me enough to like be in charge of like their students, you know, like I am incredibly grateful for that trust, but it like, that sometimes really is a, is a real reality check sometimes when I'm like, whoa, like, you know, being 25 and like looking over other people's spiritual journeys and sometimes even just like their physical ones too, right? Like just like being present in their lives and stuff can be like, it can be a daunting task. And so there have been times where I've felt really young in terms of like, Whoa, this is like a little out of my scope of knowledge here. And luckily we have like an amazing, I mean, all three other pastors here are youth pastors at heart. They all started doing it. So it's not like I don't have a plethora of things to be like, Hey, this person. Yeah. Yeah. They totally get it. And so it's like, I will say it is very, it's the most creatively open job ever, but that also is like the biggest challenge in a way because it's like, oh, wow, you actually just like let me do whatever I want. Whoa. And then then ultimately you have to pay the piper when that goes poorly. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't know. So that, that for me is like been a really cool experience, like being really new, young and and stuff in ministry is just like, is that. And I will say on Sunday mornings, I still get to play the new person card. So if I forget something, I'm be like, Hey, I'm still new here. Like whatever. So (laughs) I don't know. That's pretty. Like for me, it's definitely like, I agree with you in a lot of areas. And I think 
yeah, it's super relatable. Like the words for me that come to mind is that it's so humbling and honoring because, yeah, we are the youngest leaders at our churches, yet people above us look up to us. People that are like generations past us are looking to us to lead and respect that authority that we have. So it's always, yeah, it is a bit of a reality check. It's just like, whoa, like I have such great influence. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's still very new, even though I'm going into my fourth year. That's crazy though. Like, because as much as like, we're both like youth pastors now, I wasn't for like two years out of the four that I've been in like full-time ministry. Like even my position now, I was not hired on to be a youth pastor. It's something that I did early on in all my internships and it's something I have a passion for. And so it's like, I feel that even more though of like, no, I actually am still like really new to this, which is like a blessing in that I get to come at it with like fresh eyes but it's also like kind of a, not a curse, but it can be a little bit of a let behind, not let behind, I don't know the word I'm trying to think, but it, it can almost be, a ch- it's a challenge at the same time of like, you know, I just don't have the same like tenure as like yourself even, even though like I've been in ministry and doing stuff, it's just not the same, which is like the amazing part of ministry though, is that, um, and I wouldn't change what I'm doing like for anything. And so like, that is like, amazing um and it's like who doesn't love like hanging out with like teenagers and stuff like honestly like i'm tired obviously like friday <laughs> nights kill me no like like honestly i get i get back we're and tired I'm like, but <laughs> <laughs> like no like it's like i can't like we're playing dodgeball like two weeks ago and i was like i just i was like i cannot keep like I was like, I actually just cannot like keep up with like a 15 year old. Anymore. I, I have no like, I was like, too. I, like really we're not that old, but youth camp, like I actually cannot play some of those games anymore or I will not be able to walk the next day and just be miserable. It's like, we have to be able to keep up to our students all week. So we have to <laughs> also be responsible to so, like, like when we just like help like corral the students and like, yeah, or are we going to play the game and potentially get hurt and then not be able to keep up with them throughout the week? Yeah, so it's oh, yeah, and like, I'm youth definitely camp is not like, as oh. athletic as I used to be. It's really hard and kind of sad that I'm noticing that in myself. And in, and and don't get me wrong, I love playing games with them, but I have to like just like just it's part of maturing a little bit of being like, no, being the pastor doesn't mean you have to go the hardest in every game. It actually probably is a detriment to do that. Whereas like somebody needs to keep a calm, level head. And not be yeah. gassed for yeah. if and when somebody hurts themselves inevitably. Coach, right? um, yeah, and, and and so it's like, yeah, it's just it, it's letting that sink into my brain a little bit of being like, no, I actually don't have to be the the hype man anymore. Like it's like it's just what I was forever yeah. in youth, right? I was just yeah. always a super excited, ran around and did everything, and I still do that. But it's like it's just to a different degree, and so like the like and the words. Okay, for you like next gen that are listening to this, I have no idea what you're saying sometimes. Like I genuinely like I cannot keep up with the vernacular I, anymore. Yeah. I it's genuinely the pop culture, cannot. Like in general, like I it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, like I I just I, I stick to my lane, I learn what I can and then after that I'm like okay, I don't care if I'm going to say a word that's like 3 years out of date. Like that that's where I'm at. 
And truthfully, I've intentionally like started like using like words from like when I was in youth just to like really kind of mess with them a little bit. They're like, wow, that's like so old and whatever. And they call me a boomer and I just laugh because I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I basically am. So, you know what? Do you want to give it. me an example so, of one right now? Oh, like YOLO? YOLO. We used to say that all the time. Like is yeah. Yeats? I say that is one all the time. Is even a... That's out yeah. of date. That's out of date now, apparently. But I remember doing that all the time. Yeah um what was the other one um oh i i'm I, I put myself on the i don't remember but yolo is definitely like one of the ones that i do one of them didn't even know what it meant and i was like i was like what who are you what how do you not know what that means but it was just they just kind of laughed it off or whatever or just like yeah my pop culture references like stop i stopped keeping super up to date after like 2019 i was like you know what whatever i'm gonna stay in my lane and and that's that so like they're talking about this person and that person i'm like sure good on you like yes and it's just so um yeah i definitely have felt that and i'm sure a lot of youth pastors feel that i think that's like the the challenge of and even parents yeah. right like parents probably struggle with that a lot too of like how do i like relate to my teenager like and i'm like well <laughs> yeah there and like it helps that I have like some good young friends of mine that are like from other churches who are now like I mentor and stuff. And so like we, we, we talk and they definitely educate me a little bit on pop culture. They definitely keep me up to date on some stuff, but it's like, yeah, it, it, it is, it is, it is what it is. It's a never ending battle. And, it, and, and that's just the fun. That's the funnest part about ministry for me though. In some ways it's like showing up and not knowing what they're understanding and then, like, showing up, like, have you seen the Jim Carrey meme where he comes out of the store and he's, like, holding a drink and he's like, hello, young people. So. That's literally what <laughs> I do. I do that. I intentionally just, like, dig into, like, the cringiness of it. And they get all, they get all like, they physically cringe and then walk away and laugh. And I'm like, yeah, my job's done. Like, whatever, you laughed. Good to know. So, um, But speaking of all of that, I wanted to kind of get into the meat and potatoes then of what we were going to talk about, which was, it was something that you brought up to me at camp, actually. It was something that I didn't recognize was that like, I knew a lot about Gen Z, but I kind of neglected to think about, well, no, there's actually a prominent generation mm -hmm. coming after that already, um, which is called Generation Alpha. And so when you kind of, we started talking about that at camp, I was like, whoa. And so I did a lots of research into it and and so what I kind of wanted to pick your, your brain about and help the listeners understand is like, how do we as like the capital C church, just everybody, how do we better connect with this like next generation, right? Because it's not, no offense, there's probably not a lot of youth pastors listening to this, but it's a lot of parents, it's a lot of youth leaders, maybe even youth themselves. And so it's like, how do we just be better at that? What are some of the trends maybe we've seen? Um, that kind of stuff. And so my first real question in terms of that is um, what do you like identify as? I hate saying it like that, um, but the age groupings for the different generations are kind of based on what article you read yeah. based on like what professor says what. Yeah. Um, but the one that I found says that like you and I both born in 97 would technically be like Gen yeah. Z. Because it's about 1995 to about 2010 is sort of like the age range-ish of like Gen Z. And then anything before that is like a millennial um, and whatnot. 
but I definitely do not carry the same characteristics that a Gen Z person has. Like, you know, Gen Z, colloquially known as Zoomers, is the demographic succeeding the millennials, and it's the one that comes, you know, before Generation Alpha. Um, This is generally known as, like, Gen Zs were the ones that are, like, grew up being the most tech-savvy, um, they're the most pragmatic, so they're very good at logical thinking. They're open-minded. Um, and one of the biggest things is they're very socially aware and socially responsible um, in terms of, like, you know, the climate and being very, you know, educated on, like, social issues. Uh, and so for me, I definitely do not fall into a lot of those categories um, so if somebody asks me, I say I'm a millennial just because I like think that I fit into that category a little bit more, but I'm curious yeah. what, what you think. Not that it matters no. a ton, no. but it's just, yeah, we're right on the line. And for most of my life, I thought I was a millennial until I found out that Gen Z does start in 1997. And I kind of felt like I was having a quarter life crisis for a little while. Cause I found that out early twenties yeah. and I was like, what? My whole life has been a lie. Um, so I think I would be a mix um, in a lot of ways because we are right on the line. There's things that we can easily relate on both sides. And like millennials was kind of the last generation. And I think Gen Alpha, they're predicting they're going to pick up how the millennials uh, pursued like life, mission, purpose, their careers because they're um, the alphas or the kids of the millennials. Um, so the millennials were the last generation that had that very clear track. It's like you graduated from high school, you chose a trade or you went to college or university, and then you went right into your career after that. Gen Z, that's not really happening. (laughs) No, not at all. all over the place. Um, more than ever before, probably in their it looks like alphas might be going back more to that very focused uh, track. Yeah. Um, so for me, I definitely fell into the millennial category in that way. It's like very early on, I kind of understood what I wanted to do and absolutely knew I wanted to pursue an education in something following graduation. And I feel like a lot of Gen Zers, like they struggle with wanting to even know what to pursue after. And put off even wanting to start a degree in something or continue on school because they just yeah they feel like that calling or needing to know needs to come before they pursue anything and yeah so I'm definitely I'm definitely a mix but for when it came to like figuring out what my career was gonna be like I would fall with the millennials for sure yeah, yeah, I was definitely a very millennial in that thinking for myself as well. I was like, oh, I'm going to college of some kind. I'm getting a degree yeah. of yeah. something that's what you like do. that was just and it that's what you did. Or life. it was like, yeah, or or I was gonna maybe pursue a trade or whatever. So that very much was in my realm of thinking, um, which is like interesting for sure. Um, and one thing too that was like very interesting about like the Gen Z stuff is like. Um, I think because they grew up so like tech savvy, um, in terms of like just having the best access to the best information, um, they they don't see the need for 
like university and stuff like that because I mean university is expensive and why would because they're very pragmatic thinkers so if they are like well why would I spend all this money to get a degree when I could just learn that online yeah. and then just you, get a job right? in that like, field listen to podcasts you want to start a business just like, find all the good business podcasts and exactly like and and so it's like I don't I actually don't blame them like it's not like it's a bad thing actually I think that that can be a real um like that can be a real gift in a way uh but it also can be kind of detrimental to the long standing career paths that are out there that yeah. rely on new people coming in to to do that I mean we see that in the church right now there are just actually not enough pastors in the world like especially in Canada there are just actually not enough um which is like pretty insane to like think about. Um, and like with Gen Alpha too, like um, you've raised a really good point that they have the millennial spirit because they're being like raised by millennials, which is like a huge, like important um, like mentality because like my niece right now, she's a, she's a Gen Alpha. She was, she was born in 2019. Yeah. 2019. Um, and so like, she like already, like, cause my brother, my oldest brother is like a millennial of all millennials. Like he just, he fits that to a T. Um, and I can already see like the way that him and my sister-in-law are like, you know, parenting them and stuff. It's amazing to see like how, like, well, like she's already like thinking about those kinds of things and she's turning six in like a week. So like it, it, it I just like that you hit on that. Cause I think that that's really like important to recognize and um, yeah. And like, and, and also Gen Alpha is proposed to be the biggest generation yeah, coming. Like 2 billion. Like yet. 2 yeah, two, billion Gen Alphas are coming. Like that's like, I think like triple the baby boomer boom, which is insane away, to like think they're about. They're guessing by the end of 2025. Yeah. Which is, is nuts mm -hmm. to think about. Um, and I mean that's because they're the most of them are COVID babies. That is just the that's just the fact of the way the world was, um, and so it you know it created a huge boom in population. And I think it's it's an incredible gift for us in the church as well, both as pastors and just volunteers and stuff, because it means that we have an amazing influx of people entering the church for the first time. And that is always a true gift when we have something like that available to us. And so like, you know, like right now, I think some youth groups, ours especially is very small because we just had a huge surge of people graduate. Um, but our kids ministry in like three years, holy man, is our youth program just going to like explode yeah. Because, like, there's just so many, like, Gen Alpha, like, yeah. kids, like, coming through. Um, I'm actually, like, I'm not scared, but I'm, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, how we're going to, yeah. like, be able to, like, handle that, you know? Like, it, it's it, it's coming, it's and waiting. it's exciting. Yeah, there's cycles that happen. Yeah, and one of the things, too, that I, like, really like to think about, too, is, like, Gen Alpha is, like, our junior youth right mm -hmm. now. Like, and I didn't think about that for a little while, um, but 90% of my, like, core volunteer base for all of the production and media stuff that I do is Gen Alpha. 
Like actually though, like I have like very few Gen Z and I have literally no millennials but myself. Um, or like maybe like one or two. And so it's very like, it's amazing to like actually see that though. And it's not like, oh, like, like they take ownership. Like kids and like, I have some grade six kids who come and like operate cameras and like literally control our entire live stream by themselves with no problem at all. It's incredible. It's also like, it's kind of sad because I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, they're growing up so fast. Like, don't leave. Like, you're doing such a good. And so it, it, it's it's crazy to think that the church actually has been like, I think almost gifted in a huge way right now with Gen Alpha. And I think the question is, is like, what can we do to make sure that they like stay in yeah. the church? My word for Gen Alpha when I think about them is definitely like they're a missional generation they they're thinking of the world and they want to see how we can bring justice to the world they care about the environment as well and they actually want to see what the church is doing to change their community so something that i'm going to be experimenting like this year at youth is like for our first official small groups is i'm going to call it like small group labs and one thing that this generation I think needs more than any other generation before is for their voice to be heard and feel like they have input and that they're contributing. Um, So I'm going to call them small group labs and essentially what they get to do is build a youth ministry. It's like that's hear from the voice of the students what they're actually looking for, what are their needs by actually talking to them. It's like we can look and we can look at all these stats and say this, this and this, but what is actually like the heart of our people? So like that's actually talk to our youth and essentially almost do an interview with them and kind of go through the main areas of what a youth night would be and talk about is like, hey, what are some of the themes that you want to hear spoken on, addressed about? Let's build a menu for like our snack. What kind of snacks? Mm -hmm. What games do we want to play together? What are some events that we can go out and do? Like, how can we build a stronger community um, together right on our youth night? So that's one way that I want to make sure that Gen Alpha feels like they're connecting and like with older generations too is like gen alpha wants to know that their voice is being heard and that they're making a contribution yeah i think first of all like um that's huge i like small group labs it's kind of something that not to the same extent that i'm trying and our youth ministries are different whereas like they're on two different nights right our junior youth is wednesday um senior youth is friday um and so like for our senior youth which there are actually still some gen alpha in it right because they just came into grade nine they just missed the cutoff um and so one of the things that like i'm gonna be doing and it might sound it's a little old school but i hope it works is like i just have an actual old school suggestion box it's just it's locked nobody can get into it but me and I tell them like, what do you want to hear about? What like what what can us leaders do to be better? What do you want to see? Like all that kind of stuff. And so I'm excited to hear what some of them have to to bring to the table because like especially with my unique situation of coming into this position, I don't know yeah. them. Well, I do now, yeah. but I don't know the group's heart. I don't know all those things. And so for me to like 
try to assume things it's just not going to work and so i like um and really open to that and that's also why like we talked about this before we went on mic but that's why i started forgiven next gen is that exact reason i want to give them an opportunity to have a voice to speak out to allow god to to give them a platform to allow god to move through them to speak on what's happening um because they're they they need that and so that's like Really, really exciting. So I'm glad that I'm not going crazy no, in that because when I started not. thinking of all these ideas, I was like, am I crazy for doing this? But like hearing that other people are doing that is like, oh, okay, I'm not nuts. So that's good. No. Um, well, so what do like what does CLC, I guess, as a church do um, besides like the regular youth ministry to try to connect like your church and like the next generation together. Like, do you guys do anything outside of like normal youth? Like, do you have like a family service where the youth serve or like, is there um, something like that? Like, what are some ideas? So youth have opportunity to serve like in any of our kids ministries. So there's a few different areas they can do that. So we have kids club that happens the night before youth. And we have, yeah, many Gen Alpha students, like, eager to serve there. And then we also have, like, the ministry on Sunday mornings as well, where students can help in the children's classrooms. Um, yeah, we, it's very much like a building thing, like, going through COVID, and we've had transitions with different pastors coming and in leaving so yeah getting student involvement is ever growing and adapting for us and for me on youth nights to expand that another layer like i'm starting to introduce student leadership just this year this is the first year where we can start doing that a little bit and even getting students involved on their youth night and getting them to take more ownership in certain areas and discipling certain students um, so yeah, that's just a little way that we're starting to tap into that. Yeah. Yeah. Student leadership is something that I am still trying to wrap my head mm -hmm. around of how I'm going to go yeah. about like implementing that. It's like a, cause we here at Bethel, we do the, pretty much the exact same thing. Almost all, literally actually all of the like regular tenders that come to youth volunteer every Sunday, awesome. like, like every Sunday. And so like, um, so that's really good. But yeah, I'm trying to wrap my head around how to do student leadership well, because it's not just plug and play, right? I can't just say like, oh, you just graduated. You want to come help in senior youth? Like, nah, that doesn't quite work. Like, so uh, I'll wrap my head around that one. But like one thing here that um, we're going to be doing, we did one last New Year's um, and we're going to be doing one every fifth Sunday, you know, you know, those pesky five, fifth Sundays that show yeah. up. Um, and we're going to be doing like next intergenerational services. So it's like, it's not a kid's Sunday and it's not, uh, like a youth Sunday. It's just a unique, um, like Sunday service where like all the generations gather together to like do church. And so it's like, you know, the youth band will do a song or two. The kids leaders will come up and do actions. We'll share a kid's story. We'll sing a hymn um pastor mike or somebody will share like a shorter message we'll do like maybe a testimony um and just like do something like really unique to like involve like all the generations together um which i think is just that's always my goal of like youth ministry is always to get all the generations working together i don't want generational clicks 
I hate, I hate stuff like that. I don't like that, you know, some churches have those in place. It's like the seniors only talk to the seniors and whatever. It's like, well, no, that's not how that should be. Um, and so like, and the other thing too is like, I'm getting our seniors to help do snacks. So it's like, yeah, they, they can come, you know, grandma Betty can bake two dozen cookies, no problem. And and come and bring them to youth and just to hand them out with a smile on her face. And it's like, that's a great opportunity. And so for like, for the listeners too, like maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a grandparent, whatever, talk to your youth pastor or talk to somebody and see if there's a way for you to get involved. And I can speak, I'm not a parent. But I know that, like, if my mom were to, like, show up to youth group and stuff, it would have been awkward the first time, but I actually would have really enjoyed it, um, having, like, my mom there. Now, I wouldn't necessarily want to serve with her directly, um, but, like, just, I think there's, like, parents, I wouldn't put that much pressure into thinking that you're going to be, like, cramping your kid's style or something, right? Like, I don't think that that's, like, a... I think you need to worry so about I can, in terms of that. I can speak that. to that. So that's something that CLC, Christian Life Center, does really well. Our culture is totally family-oriented. Half, About half of my youth leaders are parents of, like, our current students and youth, which is really unique for you and me because our yeah. youth ministry experience was not like that at all. So, I don't know no. if there was really any parents of youth um, while we were growing up through youth ministry, there might've been one or two that maybe have went through the one, um, yeah. but yeah, so that was totally different for me seeing that. And actually like most of the students, they're totally fine with even their parent be ending up being their small group leader. It's not like that with every cool. parent and, uh, their child, but for most of them, like they're totally good with it. Cause it's so family oriented, which is really cool. That is, that is awesome. I like, I have two new, they're not new parents, but I have two new leaders this year that are parents. They're listening to this. They know who they are. Um, And like, they are just such a breath of fresh air to like, to like bring in just like, like I'm only 25. And so it's like, I haven't lived a ton of life yet, but I've lived enough to like be a youth pastor of like, I've got 10 years on you. Okay. Like, you know, it's like, it's kind of that mentality of like, telling them not to do something like you don't even know. And I was like, yes, I was 15. I know you should not be doing the stupid thing you're about to do. Like, um, but like having somebody that could come in and like, just be like, they have two adult children now they're in college. So it's like, um, to have them join has been like this amazing breath of fresh air because like they have just like such a unique perspective of like having sent their kids through our youth group. They, they know how like they responded to certain things and, and it's been a true blessing to like to have them because they bring that like parental aspect where it's like, you know what? Like, you know, sometimes I'm always worried. It's like I try to I always want to honor people's time. So I'm like youth is seven to nine. And it's like because I remember like my mom would be waiting for half an hour outside youth or whatever. And I'd get in the car and she'd be like, you made me wait here for half an hour, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, I was talking to my friends and and whatever. And so like there's a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. But it's like I, I I'm very good about like honoring people's time. And when they kind of started, they were like, "Yeah, we really appreciate that as a parent." But they also were like, "We understand that like we're like they were like a lot of his parents don't mind waiting a little bit either." So it was like it was kind of a cool perspective of being like, "We appreciate it, but you don't need to put so much effort on, into it either." They're like, "We understand that this is a good connection time for them." Yeah. Um. So that was like 
really cool in that. And I'm glad like that you have like parents and stuff like helping out. Like I, I, I have parents that like volunteer to do stuff for me all the time. Like our, we're, we're doing alpha. Um, and for our first one, one of the moms was like, yeah, I'll make snack. I was like, cool. Thank you. She came and got everything set up and left and everything was hunky dory. Her son actually came along and like helped her and we hung out and, and it was actually a great bonding time. And so like, I just, yeah, I think that's, I, I that's, that excites me that there are families that have such a big buy-in yeah. for your youth group that that's like really unique in that. And I hope that other churches and other people listening to this can, can do that. And for all those parents that are listening to this, like y'all do plenty. Y'all pray for me. Y'all, <laughs> y'all keep me in line when I forget to send out the calendar and, and all that kind of stuff, like the little things. So like, thank you for that, by the way. Like, I really do appreciate that. There's some good accountability there. And I always say this after every email I send to the parents, I always put it at the bottom and I think they don't read it, but I'm going to say it again. Anyway, youth ministry, any type of next gen ministry, is a partnership between you and the family. We get them two, three hours a day, like two, three hours a week. And so 99% of what we teach them on a Friday or Tuesday or whatever night your, your youth group is, is in one ear and out the other if there's no support at home. And so it's part of the role is to make sure that we have those things in place to like support them. And so that's why like youth ministry is a partnership between like a parent and the youth pastor. And so I always make sure that parents understand that. So if there's something that I'm not doing right, tell me. If there's a way that you need me to to reach your student, tell me. Like, I, we want them to be successful. So I think that's, maybe I learned that in Bible college. I don't know. Did you take that youth ministry class with me? Were we in that class together? I took a, no, I think you were gone I took by a then. took a family ministries class, but not specific. Yes, yes. I took, Is this that one that you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah, with Tim, yeah. right? Tim, Tim was his name. Did you take that one online? No, no? okay, I can't remember. <laughs> I, it was like the last year, so I oh, knew, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, I just rabbit trailed so hard. But I remember I did like an assignment in that class, like the big final one or whatever, and that was like my whole like purpose of the assignment. I was talking about how like it's a partnership yes. and stuff. So it's something that I value a lot. And so I'm really glad that you guys are doing that. Like that is exciting. And I hope that people listening to this can maybe apply that to their churches. I think that that is like huge in that. So, um, what about, how do you, how is it having all your youth there on one night? Cause I don't do that. What's that like? Uh, you know what? It's ever growing and adapting. Um, it's not a normal model in Southern Manitoba, as I've discovered. Like it is a normal model no, it's not. of youth ministry, but here I am one of the very few that are doing it this way. And partially yep. it is because we will be a stronger leadership team keeping it on one night. And we've had an explosion of growth, um, this fall so we're navigating that and we have to change things very quickly of figuring out how to expand our space um so we went from going 45 to just breaking 50 uh students all together last year and we were anticipating probably in the next couple years like growing to a youth group of around 70 but all of a sudden that happened on our kickoff this fall so like it kind of completely skipped um, what I had projected in my head and we're in brand new territory. I've never 
been able, like, yeah, I've been able to watch tracking our numbers like very closely for the past three years. And now all of a sudden we've had this influx out of nowhere. Um, so that is immediately showing me is like, okay, we have to be even more intentional than ever before, keeping grade six all the way to grade 12 on one night. And that's from like, like our foyers where we have our hangout time and there's actually not enough space. Our foyers are very big. Um, so there's not enough space for everyone to hang out uh, in there. So we have to expand different spots of the church. It's very good problems to have. So we have to somehow like use other parts of the church for new hangout spaces. I want to open up a wing in our church that's an exclusive senior youth hangout because the senior youth are going to be drowned out by the junior youth. Junior youth is always bigger than senior youth. It's yep. just how it is. There's always more of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to give them their own exclusive area that's a little bit quieter <laughs> for them so they can have breaks. <laughs> yeah. And like they have a lot of siblings too. And that's a turnoff for many youth groups is like siblings don't want to be together. And I get that. So I do want to give them their separate times but there's also such good learning opportunities having everyone together there's a sense of maturity and order from having the junior youth being able to look up to the senior youth and then I'm going to be start getting these senior youth leading the junior youth even on the same youth night together um yeah I think there should be peer-led leadership on youth nights the only time they really split up entirely is when we do small group nights so that's when we divide by like grade and gender and that's when they're separated the most um but yeah like even we have to think differently how we do our games like i don't think we can actually do games all together anymore for certain games that we do because it's it's too big and too small of a space like clc is just one floor we can't even divide between like um someone being on the top floor or even on the balcony we don't even have a balcony Mm. in clc um you can't hide the junior youth in the basement and have the senior youth upstairs like it's just (laughs) we're all sharing the same space so i have to somehow also figure out we do have like a multi-purpose like gym, but of course it's not a full-size gym. So you can't even have 70 students in there. Um, so we're going to have to start splitting up our games, have senior youth have games in one spot, spot of the church and junior youth doing games on another spot. Yeah, so it's really, I'm learning on the fly with this huge influx of growth of what we're going to do. <laughs> um, That's incredible. Yeah, though. It's been very very positive and I love having um a strong full team if I was to split it up I would lose that and I think our leaders would get burnt out much faster if we were on two separate nights Mm -hmm. you can't ask of a volunteer to commit to more than one evening many of them are already committed to other areas of the of serving the church so I just can't see splitting two nights like to be successful yeah. for us. We're going to keep it on one night as long as we possibly can. Tell you're literally bursting at the seams. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. That's just, that's such an amazing problem to hear about. That sounds so backhanded, but it's not. It's like, it makes me very excited that you actually like have that many people coming. Like that is so is cool. Really cool. Um, And 
you know, like that's like the catch 22 of like ministry is how do we balance volunteers? Cause they work normal jobs and then we're asking them to like come in and, and, and do more. And it, it's how do we, you know, make sure we're honoring their time and yeah. that and stuff. And so, you know what, maybe you're listening to this and you, you know, Pastor Victoria and stuff like that, and you can help her out. Maybe you should, uh, <laughs> maybe you should hit her up. Maybe there's something you can do to help solve this problem. I don't, I don't know. Um, maybe you're just gonna have to start doing games outside. Tell everybody to bundle up. Yeah, winter games. <laughs> hey, we, I've done it. I've done some games outside in pretty cold temperatures before. It's you know you just tell them to bundle up, like whatever. We we used to go sledding when we were in youth when it was like cold. Okay, like you know, would I want to do it now? No, but would I do it? Yes, because it you know the youth love it. Like then. That is what it is. We so, do our um, uh, youth retreat in January. So <laughs> no matter what, you have to get ready for the cold. Even though we got lucky uh, this past new year and there was like that almost like a heat wave beginning of January. Yeah. It wasn't minus 40 like it usually is. So we got lucky. Uh, we'll see if that happens for us well, this year, but I don't know. <laughs> and If I'm not mistaken, you have a really nice facility to use for your winter retreats right like if i'm assuming you use like do you use winkler bible camp for your retreats winkler bible camp and we went there and i was worried it would be too close to home but it was actually like the students loved it um because they're usually there just over the summer so being there in the winter it was different enough um and they kind of enjoyed the familiarity as well and what youth leader doesn't love a five-minute drive to their destination that's true yeah that's awesome because like yeah what's one thing that i don't have the time to do this year but i think next fall i'm gonna try and do a fall retreat um i mean like our camp is 45 minutes away it has fantastic facilities the all the youth know yeah. it it's like right there it's like literally for the picking basically and so i'm like yeah i would love to do my own fall retreat that's like one of the things that i miss most about like my time in saskatoon is like my fall retreats like planning and like just yeah i'm exhausted like i'm dying monday but it's like the fun and the memories had it's like yeah it's totally worth it it. and the students look forward to them all year yeah so like that's that's exciting um I guess the kind of one of the last things I want to talk about for like the meat and potatoes is um, what is some wisdom? What is some things that maybe just like as a youth pastor um, that you want to pass on to maybe other people who are young in ministry or who are maybe thinking about going into Bible college or, you know, want to maybe take on more volunteering in their church? What was something that, that you would say to like a young, like basically a younger you? What was something you would say to somebody like that? What's some wisdom you would give them? You need to commit. Um, That is, yeah, I was thinking about that question for the days leading up to this podcast that we're going to do together. It's like, what can we be encouraging to those that are involved in ministry or maybe thinking about it or addressing like the leadership crisis that we're starting to see in the church and what I'm noticing with gen z is that we are a generation that really struggles to commit to something and want to commit to something for the long haul and i think there's 
a lot of reasons for that, but I think one of them might be rooted in the fear of missing out. We struggle with seeing like all these different opportunities. We have access and there's more jobs than there's ever been before. And with Gen Alpha, that's coming even more so. There's They're going to have jobs that don't even exist yet because we are we're immersed in technology everything is innovative gen alpha is going to be the most innovative generation but with gen z we're seeing that already there's more jobs than there's ever been before there's so many opportunities and we don't know how to just pick one track and with ministry you can't go into it just saying i'm going to do this for a little while um because you're not going to see the fruit um take place because youth ministry it's And it's so true because I'm going into my fourth year, but the first, it really takes the first three years for you to develop the groundwork. And then you're going to start seeing things that happen uh, the years beyond that. And I'm already seeing that um, just a couple weeks into my uh, youth year of going into my fourth year. Um, So my word for that is commitment. You can't, and it's really sad, like since, starting youth ministry there's been several youth pastors that have stepped down from their positions and there's churches hurting there's gaps all around us and we're struggling to continue on and pursuing the next generations but it's because people aren't willing to commit to the long haul and students need that for their development and if we want future leaders we need to be the ones uh, planting seeds and showing that we're going to stay right. Yeah. And I think that's really imperative too, for volunteers as well. Even if you're like listening here, like one of the things that a volunteer said to me, you know, this year when I was seeing if they wanted to come back, um, was I was like, so like you want to come back, whatever. And they were like, well, yeah. I was like, Oh, well, awesome. I'm happy to have you back. And, we were talking about it at our first meeting and, and she was like, God really said to me, like, let your yeses be yes and your noes be noes. Um, and, and, and they laid out like very clearly that like, this is something they felt called to do and they are here to like do it as long as like they can. And I would like, oh, that's an extreme blessing as a pastor to hear that. Um, and so for those like volunteering, especially in youth ministry and kids ministry too, like, they look forward to seeing you like, like I remember even as like a junior youth leader, even with like yourself, like those kids looked forward to seeing us and it didn't fully hit me when you're 15, 16, it doesn't, it doesn't resonate you the same. Um, but like being in a leadership position and stuff now, like where youth are like excited to like see the other leaders and stuff and they talk to them and, and whatever. And you have an amazing opportunity to like pour into their life there. Um, like, don't take that for granted. Uh, so like, even as like a volunteer, um, like stay committed. I think that that is like really huge because I've heard it said from some volunteers from the churches and other pastors that their volunteers don't feel like they're getting any fulfillment. You know, they, they work and they do stuff, but they don't see any of the fruit. And I think part of that is, well, how long did they do it? Did they do it for two weeks and, you know, expect, something to happen or did they actually give it the yield college try and really put their full time energy prayer and and effort and into sometimes it, we don't see you know? the fruit 
right? They can go yeah, through the exactly. whole youth ministry. And we were sowing seeds all those years that's going to not come until after graduation. And then the Holy Spirit brings all those things back um, up yep. to their hearts that's, and their minds. That's literally... That is literally what happened to me. So when we were interns at camp, I was had a kid in my room in youth camp, whatever. He helped at junior youth camp. He was a leader. And he and I prayed a lot. He was going to go to Bible college, all this stuff. I prayed with him at the altar, all this kind of stuff. And the whole week I was getting discouraged because he keeps telling me he wants to change and, and all this stuff, and I was never seeing it, you know? And you get discouraged when you do that. Yeah. But little did I know that, like, that planted a seed and I didn't think about it didn't even cross my mind as to, you know, whatever. I was like, Oh, okay. I just wasn't my time. Not a big deal. But lo and behold this year, his younger sister is part of my youth group and she graduates high school and I'm congratulating her. Didn't know her older brother was this guy shook his hand, whatever talk on Facebook. And he was like, no, like my life changed because of that. He's like, I, you know, found a relationship with God more and, and all these things. And I was like, Oh, so, so like, yeah, sometimes we don't immediately see the fruit, but that doesn't mean God isn't working. So I think that's a really good piece of advice. Um, and that doesn't just apply to any, that doesn't just apply to next gen ministry that applies to church in general, right? Like if you want to see the fruit, if you want to actually see God move, you have to kind of be willing to put in the effort. And also be ready and willing to accept the fact that God might not move right in that yeah. moment. And sometimes it's not supposed to be you and to be that vessel. Ex- sometimes, yeah, I see my students connect better with the youth leaders than me all the time. And that's okay. Like it yeah. can be like God can use them instead of me to be that person to give that word to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's honestly one of my like, I don't know. I was talking to this with some of our junior youth. We were doing some stuff and they were asking me like, Oh, like Logan, what's like your favorite part? And I was like, you guys are going to think it's really cheesy. But I was like, my favorite part is seeing you guys like talk and have fun with the leaders. I was like, that's honestly my favorite part. When I get to kind of sit back and stand and scan the room and see all of you guys like connecting and conversating. And I don't have to worry about that. And I get to see like the leaders move that's that's like the ultimate you know filling the tank kind of moment right where it's like you know we just had our we just had a worship night on friday we we don't do worship every week we just do a really big like open worship night once a month um and yeah like i got teary-eyed in the middle of it because the team was up there just absolutely killing it and students are praying and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I wasn't, I mean, obviously I was happy God was moving, but that wasn't why I was teary eyed. I was teary eyed because I was proud of the team and all the effort they put in of like, I, I could not have been there and it would have been just as excellent. And that was like a huge thing. So those listening, you know, you make, you like, you make me feel like that. And I'm sure I'm, I can't, tell pastor i can't say that she feels like that but i'm sure she has something similar where it's like when you volunteer and when you take onus and help pastors and stuff like we recognize it and that it moves us in ways that you would never fully understand so um i want to end with like unless you have anything else to add on to that i kind of want to end with just a little bit of fun stuff if that's okay just kind of um So one thing that I want to do is like you and I did a lot of ministry stuff together. What was like, 
one of your doesn't have to be related to me, but like what was one of like your favorite ministry things that you've gotten to do in terms of like whether it was like something at camp and Bible college, being student body president, you know, like whether it was you know, having to do dorm checks or something like that. Like what was kind of a really highlight of that? And what was kind of like a low light in that? Well, dorm checks is definitely on the top of my list. No, it's not. <laughs> that was not. <laughs> Absolutely that was, not. That was pretty that stressful. Was, was one of the worst things I ever had to do. I'm still, okay, hang on. I got to lay out the context just for that like year. Okay. <laughs> So, like, first of all, Victoria and I go on to BRA. So we're in charge of, like, looking. And it was just you and I at the start, which was, like, last year there was four of them. And then this year there's two of us. And then not only was the person we were supposed to be working under, not only did she move on to, like, move on to bigger and better things. And so it's, like, we show up and met Heather. Heather's amazing. Yeah. But it's like we show up day one and we have to meet this lady for the first time who we don't yeah. know. Whoa, um, this is like unlocking and then like, such like past memories in oh, my brain. <laughs> I, I'm like going I back just there lay out the... and I'm sitting in that room <laughs> right now. Wow, oh, so many hours oh, okay. well, I didn't, in that dean of students didn't, office. Didn't mean to... Didn't mean to bring up PTSD no, or anything. No, no but PTSD. Like, it, I'm just like, whoa, I haven't like put myself in that space yeah. for a while. I'm a big retro thinker. So, but so, so not only do we show up after I had just literally come from camp, like I was yeah. done the, like the 27th of we August, so Nick and I, yeah. Nick and I literally drove from camp the next day to be there. And so, like, shout-outs to Nick Ender, by the way. I don't know if I ever told you the story, but it was really funny. Nick and I were driving, and I, like, don't sleep very often throughout the day. Like, I don't really – can't nap. I don't really fall asleep in car rides. But this is how tired I was. I was, like, asleep. And we're, like, driving. And it's, like, getting kind of late. And Nick, like, sees me just passed right out. And so he – it's an empty highway, whatever. He slams on the brakes and screams, oh, my gosh, there's a deer. I don't know what to do. And he, like, wakes me up, and I'm, like, frightened out of my mind. And there was literally an open road in front of me. And I was like, Nick, that was so mean. <laughs> Classic. Um, but anyway, so, like – and then the last thing about the context, because I just want everybody to understand, like, how difficult that year actually was, at least for me. Horizon had never had students clean the bathrooms before. Yes, that ever. was the problem. Had, that was the root of all problems last year. <laughs> all it, the emotional it, problems, so like, too. <laughs> oh, and so, like, so here, here Victoria and I are. We show up. We're both, whatever, exhausted. And then it's, hey, like, yeah, um, we're changing things around. And students are in charge of cleaning the bathrooms and stuff now. Now, tons of Bible colleges have that policy in place. It, it it truthfully is it's not that it's a bad policy. It's just that none of our students really got on board with it. Um, and it was the one and only, I just think that it's so funny. The one and only time I was RA was the one and only time they introduced a brand new policy that the entire student body did not. And like. it was really embarrassing. <laughs> it didn't work. Um, Bible college students that year couldn't clean the bathrooms. Yeah. And it was yeah. really unfortunate. <laughs> and like, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, but so I just wanted to lay out the context yeah. uh, of that. But um, so maybe that's like maybe that's a highlight for you. I don't know. And it doesn't have to be Bible college. It could be anything. I'm just I want to end with some levity. I always like to do that. Um, 
I don't know. So yeah, like highlights. This is probably the question I thought about the least. And as soon as this podcast is over, I'm going to think about all the good ideas, right? Because that's how it always works. Um, But definitely so many of the highlights stem from the experiences at Horizon and had, yeah, some like realizations of like growth in my leadership um, of being student council president. And yeah, it's crazy how far removed I feel from that now. I don't look back on that very often, but that was really growing for me being student council president because at that point I was like an event oriented leader, um, which I'm not anymore. And I'm so thankful. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. um, (laughs) Because that's, yeah, that's the wrong perspective to have in ministry. And then it took my my internship year and not necessarily having like a direct position that I was leading. I was honestly just kind of like learning how to sit in the background and observe and like lead, not in the spotlight, which was very hard for (laughs) my personality and just how I'm wired. But it was so good for me because it completely, I always say that it was like slapped out of me that I needed to stop being an event based leader and have that mindset and understand that ministry is all about um relationship ministry the gift of ministry is people um so yeah going back horizon was so so good in the highlight of like you were able to like it was a safe place to like practice and figure out um all those things before actually going into it right um i hope it was the same for you that you can like look back in your ministry position now. It's like, Oh man, I'm glad I'm, I figured that out while I was at school when I was kind of like training and like in my internship. Um, and we can figure out, it's like, okay, this is what not to do in this situation. Yeah. Uh, I would say, yeah, that like, first of all, serving with you in student council was awesome. I would say we threw some banger events that year. Like actually though, like I, Four years of, of events, and maybe I'm biased because I was the events coordinator, so like I prepped almost all of them. But like I actually think that was some of the best things yeah. we ever did. Like, like actually though, I was like, these are killer yeah. events. Like the murder mystery party, yeah. that was awesome. Like we did the the oh the Christmas banquet was pretty good. Um, like we did a ton of fun stuff. Yeah. Um, honest, but like I, I actually even, didn't. I can't even remember that whole year. Like, to be totally, I don't even I, remember everything we did. Oh, yeah, you, you no, know what we did that was either. different from everyone else? Is that we did our first ever yeah. student-led retreat. That's what right, was, that was that was year. that year. Oh. Yeah, man. I remember that. That was amazing. I do remember that. Um... Yeah, that was awesome. I don't I don't think they do that anymore. I think we were the one yeah. and none. I didn't they didn't do that the next year. Um but yeah, that was that was killer. That was really fun. Now I remember that. I also okay, one of my like favorite memories though, like specifically like planning like student council events. Or this was this was when we were RAs. Never mind. We had to come up with a game for the fall retreat. Yeah. Um, and Nick Riley and I shout outs to their two of my best friends. We had a bunch of fireworks, um, and we were trying to convince yourself and pastor Bob and Heather to let us play battleships oh. at, <laughs> at night. <Yeah. laughs> the idea was simple. We had all these fireworks. We had the Roman candles. We we're going to go out. 
we were going to go out on the lake in the canoes and we were going to shoot fireworks at each other. And the idea was, oh, no, you get hit. You just get in the water. That would have been awesome. Okay. And I, like just thinking back on that, I'm like, now I'm like, I would, we ended up doing that anyway, but not, yeah. We just ended up doing that in a different venue. We did that at Jacob and Erica's wedding instead. Um, so, yeah. But so that was one of my like highlights and stuff. Um, yeah, we've done a lot of, a lot of fun stuff. And so, like, I'm always like, I'm a big retroactive person. My favorite, my best, and most used like strength finder is context, right? So I'm always looking back and, and, um, and so a lot of the stuff that I do now is because I experienced it yeah. and I go through yeah. that. And in terms of like an event based leader, like you talked about, that actually wasn't something that I really, really th- learned and kind of fixed about myself until like at the neighborhood when I was doing my first like internship, um, wasn't even my internship. I was hired on at that point. Um, we had like a church revitalization committee come through. We were like the first one and they like came through and evaluated every single thing about us. Like they sent secret shoppers. They sent people in (laughs) to pretend. Yeah. Like it was nuts and we didn't know who they were. And so it's in a great evaluation. Um, and Ethan and I shout out to Ethan Andrews, one of my best friends to this day. He and I were youth pastors together. He and I battled, so hard for a while on like event based versus like relational based because he and I were super event orientated. We threw like massive events every month. We had like 60, 70 kids coming out. And then on our regular youth nights, we'd get like 30. And we're like, why? Why aren't we getting more people out? Um, and so I, he, and he kind of made the switch a lot sooner than I did. Um, and so like I was kind of being like, when are we going to do these big events again? And, uh, all that kind of stuff. Cause it's the easiest way to see the fruit of your labor, right? You can look and you can count, Oh, 60, 70 people yeah. showed up. Clearly this is a success. Yeah. Um, and so it wasn't until like after that, when we made the switch and when I fully took on junior youth, then I kind of realized I was like, Oh, you know, this isn't going to work. I was like, that's surface level. I want these students to, to grow. Um, and so, yeah, I learned that a little later than you, but I think that that's something that, that's my piece of advice. If I could leave that with somebody going into like into ministry, whether you're volunteering or not, like, yeah, throw the big fun event. That's great. But don't make that your purpose. Yeah. Your purpose is to, is to love that person, to build a relationship with them, to do life with them. Um, and, and so like, if you're going into ministry, listening to this, you want to volunteer, keep that in mind. Like keep that in the back of your head. Like, especially this next generation, like Gen Gen Z especially are th- starving for real authentic yeah. communication because yeah. it was, they were forced to do most of their early maturing through COVID through screens. And so they're starving for authentic communication. And so we as a church really need to, to bring that to them. And I think like a word so. of encouragement for anyone planning their youth ministry years if you want to plan an event like make it be camp make it be a youth retreat with connecting with these upcoming generations we need to do things that'll get them to put down the phones and have greater reasons to like want to leave their phone in the backpack and have that authentic genuine one-to-one connections with people so bringing them into a new environment and yeah like we 
can't totally remove events and games because students need that. It's super healthy to run around and laugh and walls come down, right? That's what I love with camp ministry. If you're willing to go hard during the day and play games and look stupid, you're going to be willing to go hard like at the altar time at the end of the night. Um, so yeah, if yeah. you like want to plan an event, make it like be a retreat. That's like something totally different and students will have more reasons to put their phones away and you're having those one-on-one conversations with them. That's that's a great way to put it. Um, okay, La- this is honestly the last question. What's been your go-to worship song lately? <laughs> What's been the... Dude, I don't know. This is a surprise one. <laughs> I'm so caught you up. You could open up your spot. <laughs> I actually I know. Don't I didn't know. put that one on the list. The one that's the one I forgot to put on the list, but I try to ask no, like every okay. guest like what's been their go to go to worship Man. song because my worship playlist for the longest time was the same like forty songs, and I was like, yeah, these are cool, but I was like, I need I need some like energy yeah. to it, and so one of our worship leaders has been sending me a bunch of music and she's like, listen to this. You'll yeah. like it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. And I just throw it in the playlist. Like but, me. And it doesn't have to be like a new yeah. song. Just. I was super up to date. Like this is where I'm falling behind and keeping up with the generations too. It's like, I'm not even keeping up with yeah. the music. Like I'm, I don't have like albums that I'm looking forward to coming out anymore, which is really bad. Cause there's always me new either. things coming out, but maybe it's just because there's so much all the time. Um, but yeah, me and my husband, Zach, like talk about this cause we're like, our life is music. We love music. We're both worship leaders. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're like, Oh man, we're so behind in like what's new right now, even for worship. Um, but I think I'll just pick like some of my go-to songs when I'm creating my worship sets at CLC. So yeah. one of my go-tos that I rely on is all hail, King Jesus. Jeremy yeah, that's, we do that one a lot. Version um, is my go-to. Yes. <laughs> we we just did okay. that one Sweet. on Sunday. Good one. It was yeah, that one's. Um, I don't know. I went through a so last f- end of school year, whatever May. One of our worship leaders, uh, Abby, she's incredible she introduced this song. It's called Monday Morning Faith. And it's like, it's a fantastic song. And I know joke, like the first time I heard that was like actually blown away. Um, And songs have, it's not that worship doesn't move me, um, but it's like, it's not, it's the songs that don't move me. You know what I mean? It's not, it's the atmosphere. It's the Holy Spirit working through me, not the music. But that one was different. That song rocked my world because it was just, very powerful and so like i no joke preached on that song twice for like youth i used it like i used it for our grad send off our grad banquet i was like hey like your faith isn't just in these four walls like go out and make it your own like you have to practice these things um and so that song is like a huge hit um for our youth group and stuff but honestly praises I don't like the song all that much. I think I thank God is better, but um, I'm going to get slain by some of the youth that listen to this for saying that. Um, but like, yeah, if I have to pick like a high energy song, it's I thank God. I just, I yeah, love that song really to cool. death. Love it. Yeah. Um, so that's that. And yeah, 
Um, so I want to thank you for coming on, Pastor Victoria. Um, this was awesome. And I think um, for those listening, I think the big takeaway here is um, the church needs to get involved with the next generation. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor or not. We all have to take ownership in making sure that our next generation knows Christ, has a loving relationship with him. And reality is, is we need to get them leading. We need to get them involved. We need to get them like taking ownership of the church because the church is always one generation away from extinction. Um, and so we need to do that through connecting with them, through volunteering um, and just making them a part of your service. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's that. So any last words um, for us? From me? <laughs> yeah. Any last words? Sorry. I didn't, I didn't phrase it like a question. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, it goes back to the word commitment. And yeah, sometimes we look for the church to be the thing to fulfill us. And I think sometimes we also worship the church more than God, but make sure that you, yeah, pray and pursue the Holy Spirit. And it's two way of what we can do for the church. It's not supposed to be just one way. We're supposed to be giving and serving and being a part of the body of Christ. And you, whoever's listening, like you have a gift um, to serve your church with whatever it is, whether it's um, behind the scenes or leading from the front. God has each given us different talents and abilities to use. So yeah, pray, seek the Holy Spirit, and serve your church family. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to pray, and then um, that's the episode. Um, Before I pray, make sure you guys hit the share button, um, share it around, uh, like we're you know, I want, I don't care about the numbers. I just want more people to be inspired and encouraged. The only way to do that is if you, if you share it around. So please do that. Um, and thank you for everybody that does listen, um, gives feedback, all that kind of stuff. I truly appreciate it. Um, and it makes me better. Um, so please do that. Um, but let's pray and then, yeah, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for this conversation. Father, thank you for the gift that is Generation Z and Generation Alpha. Um, God, we just we pray that your Holy Spirit moves through us and the listeners. God, to help empower and inspire this next generation to raise up, to take ownership of the church, to, to become the leaders that you need them to be, Father. God, that this is the loudest, proudest generation to be a Christian father. Um, God, we just, we pray that your Holy Spirit be in and through them. God, and we just, we pray for the listeners too, who maybe have an inkling to serve or, um, want to, you know, pursue ministry or whatever that looks like, Father. We just, we pray that you give them wisdom and discernment in that area of their life. And we pray that any seeds that were sown today, that you can just water and help flourish into something beautiful, Father. And we pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.